This is the Star Wars Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars Ahsoka Episode 4, Fallen Jedi. Anakin spoke highly of you. Interesting. He never mentioned you. Everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few would live to see what he became. Surely that must leave a mark. Is that why you walked away? Abandoned him? I'm not here to discuss my past. The only reason I'm here is to secure the future. For you? Something far greater. Ambitious. Necessary. And you find starting another war necessary? I'm not starting a war. But Thrawn will. It is an unfortunate evil but speaks to a greater truth. One must destroy in order to create. Welcome back, fellow Sith and Jedi. We were listening to the Star Wars podcast on TV podcast industry, and we're talking about Ahsoka, episode four, Fallen Jedi, because there's so many in this episode and there's so much to talk about. I am one of your hosts, Chopper. This is what I sound like on a good day. I usually have strep. It comes out. It's a bit more like that, but you know, it's like I finally got a good voice box. I am joined by two other illustrious hosts as well. Hello there, fellow rebels. Welcome back. Yes, I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out the group, I'm Derek. And um, in true TV podcast industry style, we've had a scheduling conflict, which means we're recording earlier, unlike every other podcast who has a scheduling conflict and records later. We've decided to record earlier than normal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Always good. Exactly. We It was such a good episode. We were like, we can't. We can't push it back. We can't miss out. Do you know what? Let's upend our lives more and mm-hmm. jump in for 90 minutes of podcast goodness to discuss Ahsoka. Exactly. Yes, before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, fellow rebels, uh, remember you can subscribe over on any Sith or Jedi podcast catcher of your choice uh, over on tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, we also love to get your feedback on all things crazy that's going on in the world of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please send in your emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or head on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tvpodcastindustries where you can Join our spoiler posts for all your theories, observations, what the uh, about Ahsoka <laughs> Season 1. Yes, yes, folks. And don't forget, we are also doing our ever forceful, ever amazing Cantina pub quiz. Each and every episode of Ahsoka, we pull together the best of all quizzable 
quiz questions Sometimes. and we ask it <laughs> and we ask you to pull your answers together and send them to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com at the end of the season and you are in the chance to win some Ahsoka goodies if your name is drawn out of the hole and you have all the right answers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Sorry, I was chuckling away there, Chris, because you may have overegged the pudding on uh, the quality of the questions, certainly given we're recording ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I think this week's question is a little standard, but anyway. Hey, look. It's no, have no, an no. Easy it's one. not standard. It's basically the easy before the hard. Maybe. That's the thing. Yes, maybe. Episode five is going to be so hard. It's going to be... <laughs> Really tough. Yeah. It's going to be an AT and T Walker. Yeah, you'll leg, need to have done a degree in Oxford astrology. Uni- yeah, in astrology at Oxford University, I guess. Definitely, just to answer it, definitely don't oversell this. But I will say, Doctor Bob Phillips, who uh, does uh, enter our pub quizzes, uh, did say the three questions that we asked on the first three episodes of Wheel of Time are the hardest questions we've asked so far in the, in the history of our quizzes. So he does believe they're getting harder. Maybe we keep it light and easy for uh, for Ahsoka, though. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? But let's. Wait, because we have so much to discuss before we get to the Cantina Bob Quiz. So, should we jump in, gentlemen, with our thoughts, discussions on episode four of Ahsoka, Fallen Jedi? Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what, where, where, and how with this beautiful episode? Absolutely. Executive producers for this show, of course, are Dave Filoni, John Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, Colin Wilson, and Carrie Beck. Showrunner for the show, of course, Dave Filoni, who has written every episode so far up to episode four, uh, definitely from his visions from Star Wars and Rebels, right? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess he's here. gone to the world between worlds as well. I think you may have. We may have to explain what that means to uh, to some of our uh, lovely Rebels. Oh, uh, yes. Listening along to yes, us. you do. But we'll get there in that discussion <laughs> point later. Absolutely. Uh, episode four was directed by Peter Ramsey. He was director on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and also directed Mandalorian season three, episode five, which is interesting. Interesting because that's the episode where the pirates attack uh, Navarro and featured rebel Captain Carson Teva, who we see appearing in this episode alongside Hera. Yeah, but we also didn't see someone else who should have been there. But that's another point for well, the discussion. <laughs> we will talk about that. Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Star Wars Ahsoka Episode 4, Fallen Jedi? Sure. On Cetos, as they try to repair the ship, Ahsoka thinks about the implications of reaching Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger, and the possibility of having to destroy the hyperspace ring to prevent Morgan Elspeth and Balin Skull from reaching Thrawn, giving Sabine Wren pause since she remains determined to find her friend. Moments later, they are attacked by several of Morgan Elspeth's forces, but are able to hold them off. Fearing that Elspeth will acquire the coordinates to Thrawn's location, Ahsoka and Ren head to the Henge on Cetos, but are intercepted by Shin Haiti and Maroc. Ahsoka kills Maroc and continues on alone, while Ren stays behind to hold off Haiti. Ahsoka reaches Balin Skull and the two engage in a duel. Ahsoka is able to retrieve the map, but she tosses it aside after it burns her hand. Skull overpowers Ahsoka and sends her plummeting into the ocean as Ren watches in horror. Sabine then holds the map at gunpoint, threatening to destroy it, but Balin calls her bluff and manipulates her into handing the star map over, promising her that she will see Ezra Bridger again. 
After Thorn's location is revealed, Skull destroys the map and boards the Eye of Zion with Shin Haiti, Sabine Wren, and Morgan Elspeth, as a small fleet of New Republic fighters arrive in the Denab system, led by Hera Syndulla in her ship, The Ghost. She is joined by her son, Jason, and Chopper to stop the ship from jumping into hyperspace, but fail to prevent the Eye of Zion from making the jump. Meanwhile, Ahsoka awakens in the world between worlds, where she is seemingly reunited with her former master, Anakin Skywalker. What? How does this happen? <laughs> What's the world between worlds? How is Anakin Skywalker here? <laughs> exactly. I, I know we're going to talk about uh, as much detail in this podcast as we can, but we will not have an explanation for why this no. happened until next week. <laughs> we did mention it obliquely we last week yeah. uh, with the owl, because yes. this world, uh, between worlds, there was no owl, no cute owl, which well, was a shame. Okay. Yeah. Hoo, but there was hoo. a cute Hayden Christensen instead, yes. going, sort hoo, of hoo. twittering away as well yeah. to Ahsoka. <laughs> or, no, he didn't say a thing, did he? So, no. of course... But yeah, so shame about the cute little owl. But we did. That is a weird detail this. to remember. I do not remember the owl, and oh, I, I have do. seen that episode multiple times. Because but, Ezra's yeah. basically <laughs> loves animals. Yes, but we will have a little bit of an explanation for the world between worlds. But <laughs> hold on until next week. I think that's that's probably what I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> yes. touch wood. We'll have some kind of explanation that will ultimately be proven wrong. I guess. Well, but, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I have a few thoughts, but gentlemen, we'll jump in straight to our top points for this episode as part of our discussion. And we'll start with saber point number one. Shin and Maroc on the hunt for Sabine and Ahsoka. So, remember how we were like, oh my god, who's going to be Maroc? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's exactly... All last episode, we had all of these thoughts. Yeah. It literally... In a puff of smoke. Yeah. They got rid of that whole thing. (laughs) That was interesting. It was, wasn't it? Because, you know, we had all these theories about who in Star Wars this character could possibly be. And it turns out it's the Black Smoke from Lost um, that they've actually incorporated into this show. Uh, Disney do own the rights to Lost now, right? It was an ABC show. So, yeah, maybe they're just merging those two worlds. But I don't recall (laughs) any sort of Force user turning to dust-like Voldemort, effectively. This is basically Dave Filoni saying, hey, JJ, you know that favor you owe me? Uh Here you go. There you go. We're paid. We're equal. We're good. (laughs) We're taking the black smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. I I think weirdly, and I I think some of our uh, fellow rebels who are in our Facebook group might not believe me on this. We had not seen this episode in advance at all, but my post for the spoiler post for this week was lots of people are going to be very disappointed when they find out that Maroc is just Barack, <laughs> despite all the internet uh, <laughs> ideas that this could be Starkiller and this could be Ezra. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed because they built it up in their head that this is going to be a character. We talked yeah. about it a lot last week and said, we don't think it is. Um, we That was our speculation. And then we went, because we're so definite that we that it's not Ezra Bridger, <laughs> um, that it will be. So it isn't confirmed here. No, that is true. <laughs> but it's but interesting. It, but it is French from Morocco. So there we go. There you go. It's also uh, he's it's basically a force fart. 
It's held together <laughs> by the <laughs> yeah. it, it, by a suit. Essentially, that's what it is. It's a sentient uh, black cloud that's been able to control this armor that it's carrying. Basically, that's what we think. <laughs> or the Metaclorians have come alive. He mentioned the M word again. We had to edit that out the last time we mentioned the M word, didn't we? I know. Yeah. yeah. But so look, this is really interesting. like I, there's this is a whole cool fight scene. We're going to yeah. get to the two individual fight scenes to discuss because there's both. Both elements are great. Mm-hmm. And also the, the assassin droid versus uh, our protocol droid. Uh, always interesting. Well, our professor but droid, Hu Yang. Professor. Yes. Protocol. Tomato, not, tomato. No, not a protocol professor. droid. Okay. This is this is not the same level as C-3PO. This is our, this is our Jedi, uh, Jedi trainer um, droid. Uh, yes, so, which you yeah. could tell in this fight. Yes, he you was- could. Keeping that assassin droid at bay for a good while, he held his own there against that assassin droid. Using his two little tiny arms as well. (laughs) Exactly, like a T-Rex. Yeah, exactly. He's like, these are my big arms. These are my tiny arms. (laughs) And he just slaps the assassin droid. Mm -hmm. Um, This was cool. Like, three separate fights, three different aspects of the team. Mm-hmm. So you do see Hyang basically holding his own until essentially the lights go out and we have Ahsoka and um, Sabine come through and basically go after them. Yeah. I thought this was... Hyang, again, like, the only problem I had, and I like this, I don't usually go after the CGI ever really that okay. much. Yeah. It just looks stiff as I know they're droids, mm-hmm. but we've seen droids in literally like other Star Wars shows be a bit less stiff and right. less kind of <laughs> literally as a child of the eighties seeing C three PO a mm-hmm. sort of shuffle in the deserts <laughs> on Tatooine. I'm perfectly happy with okay, this with level it, yeah, of okay. stiffness. I, I I can't really imagine C-3PO carrying a weapon either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm badly. Um, I, I really like I really like this though the the fight itself with Yang because I like that the the story itself that it's setting up is that all they have to do here to get themselves saved is fix the um, transmitter so they can get a signal to Hera. That's all they're trying to do here. But unfortunately, the ship massively damaged. So Huang goes outside to fix the ship. Um, while he's out there, gets attacked. So in order to, to save himself, he has to pull the power on the ship, destroying it further, so it's going to be even more damaged, and it's going to take him ages to resolve it. So yeah. I really like that that was the resolution to the fight as well. He knew he couldn't take on an assassin droid. These things are mental. These things are really, really powerful fighters. They're really adept yeah. fighters. So um, so he did what he could do and put themselves into a worse position. So yeah. that, that feels like a Star Wars moment. Yeah, and he, and he was right to do it as well, because, yeah. I mean... In all honesty, um, Ahsoka and Sabine really dealt with the attackers quite yeah. in, in short shrift, really. Yeah. Gave, yeah. gave them short shrift because, um, yeah, they were dispatched pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did like the move from Ahsoka where she pulls the, the uh, one of the attackers in line with the droid about to fire on Sabine. So cool. Sort of killing the the attacker. So yep. that was really good. But yeah, I mean, they really dispatched them quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty efficient. Because they had bigger 
targets ahead, right? Yeah, and <laughs> because, as in the words of Huyang, you know, you always work better when you stay together, and they worked really well in this combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those words echo as they run off to really kind of rousing music um, to to go after Balin's skull and Shin Haiti and to kind of stop them from getting the coordinates. Mm-hmm. So um, what could possibly go wrong, I guess? I know. It was like that comment was some big foreshadowing for yeah. the rest of the episode. <laughs> How do you think this was delivered? I, I kind of got... A- a glimpse of our Ahsoka character from the Clone Wars. There's a bit of a cheekiness to Rosario Dawson's yeah. performance there because it could have come across really stilted with him going stay together and feel like the message of the episode. But I think the reaction of Sabine and Ahsoka together kind of going, yeah, yeah, we're going to stay together. Don't you worry. Thanks so much, Dad, for protecting us. It yeah. felt like there was a bit of a cheekiness to them that felt a bit more like the old version of Ahsoka that well, we'd that's, seen. That's it. It felt like Snips, actually. Yes. Coming yeah. back from the Clone Wars. Her original nickname, for those not aware, was Snips. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, it, it was good as well because, obviously, Ahsoka has grown up since mm-hmm. being Snips. She's, you know, she's, she's matured and all that. And I think having that other lighter side of her still... Uh, persisting in the character of Ahsoka is really good because mm-hmm. it's it's a great uh, trait to have because that was always the fun thing in Clone Wars was that um, even as Clone Wars got darker, there was that cheekiness from uh, Ahsoka mm-hmm. and it's good to see it, it maintained within the live action. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, they show snips that as you said like that kind of cheekiness that a bit more fun ahsoka but literally a few minutes before they've had the conversation of you need to remember if this looks bad we need to be okay with destroying the access to the star map and we yes you're gonna have to live with that it stops thrawn coming back Mm -hmm. the big bad we may not be able to see, save Ezra, but we're saving the galaxy. Yeah. So you have that very stark Master Apprentice, Master Padwan discussion. Mm-hmm. And even beyond that, just like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're blinded by the, like, the want and need, love of Ezra, your yeah. friend. Yeah. yeah call absolutely. That. There's definitely going to be some romantic bit there. Maybe. Um, but. Then they have that cheeky moment. You're like, okay, well, maybe it's like she has a point and everything's going to be okay. And then, boom, two great Jedi. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like like you say, Chris, that that's a really you know, important point here because it was something I was thinking about as well. You know, well, if we stop them or if even the hyperspace ring is destroyed... Mm-hmm. Then we won't get to see Ezra Bridger. We all there's no yeah. chance of of going after to find Ezra Bridger, and like that is really significant mm-hmm. sort of counter uh, scenario here that that could happen. And I like how that played out, and then seeing Sabine kind of processing that and how that played out later mm-hmm. in this episode was just really good. And um, so, yeah. But it's it's kind of done in a way is because it's then immediately after you're thrust into the attack on the ship and then they go after and then the the battle with Shin and Maroc in the forest. 
uh, is really good. Absolutely. This was really cool. And I think when I was watching it first time this morning, um, just after I got up, I was I was kind of reading it and going, shouldn't Ahsoka go after the Jedi? And um, then since uh, Sabine is a Mandalorian, shouldn't she go up against uh, Maroc? Because uh, he's the the other one, basically. <laughs> but of course, it's the other way around. When I watched it again afterwards, I was going, well, of course, you'd have um, Ahsoka go after the Inquisitor, who is trained to take down Jedis. Yeah. And since Sabine is a Mandalorian, Mandalorians were originally created to battle Jedis. That's where their Mandalorian armor comes from, so they can protect themselves from lightsabers. So um, the battle worked really well. I thought it was cool to see all of the skills that Sabine has on offer. Loved the moment when it looked like she was trying to use the Force, but actually she was just protecting the fact that she had her little arm uh, missiles to use against Shin. I thought that was cool. That was really Uh, good. I read that differently. Okay. I read that she tried to use the Force... Went, ah, God damn it! And then just defaulted back to her little kind of stinging missiles. Um, it could be that way, but I, I like to think that Sabine has that knowledge of being a fighter and in the Mandalorian style for so long that she'll use any trick that she can use. Um, and getting Shin off balance there with Shin thinking, oh, she can't, she doesn't even have access to the Force here. Oh, in your face, I've got missiles. <laughs> I think that's kind of a, a a good way of seeing it for me, anyway. Yeah, no, well, it was really good, that little sort of twist. Uh, either way, mm-hmm. you know, Shin does kind of know that she can't access the Force, though, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a, you know, a big weakness for Sabine Wren, or at least it may make... Shin Haiti overconfident mm-hmm. uh, for her next encounter with her. So well, yeah. it's kind of interesting how that little moment might play out. I do feel, I know we've talked about Maroc previously. Mm-hmm. I do feel sorry for him. He was kind of a bit like after the Lord Murs show type thing where, you know, he was all shows like revving up his spinning lightsabers uh-huh. and Ahsoka quite coolly. Uh, slices him into uh, dust, yeah. effectively. So I just <laughs> I thought there was going to be some epic kind of battle here mm. with the spinning lightsabers, which always look cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. I know, I know. She's just like coolly slices him in half, like she's preparing cucumbers for a glass of Pims or mm. something. So this, this, we talked about it last episode. You can see... Filoni and the directors have had a discussion. Is like, go watch these Japanese samurai films, Ronin kind of wolf and lone wolf and cub, and see this fight style. This is Ahsoka. She's she. These are how I want you to kind of portray and direct and look at and kind of visualize some of these fights. Absolutely. They're going to be say different saber stances. Think of this, and we got a beautiful medley of smorgasbord, if you will, of all the different fight styles in this. Whole episode. Absolutely. This standoff just between Maroc and Ahsoka was literally, you could, black and white, grey film, that's a shot. Yeah. And it's literally like just, it's like something out of Ghost of Tsushima, a video game. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you got a standoff, you wait, and go, clash. She's through, and he, as if she literally did a a Darth Maul, kind of cut him in half, and he would fall down Mm -hmm. into two parts. The only problem I can see is the internet is about to, and this fandom are going to go crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. Because, like, he just turned to dust. Yep. So, 
they can hopefully explain or he recorporalizes. Well, that's, um, yeah, exactly. Or he's, um, because it's, the witches are involved and the flames and mm-hmm. their power and it's a bit weird and dark and magic-y, a bit more than the forest, different side of the forest, whatever way you want to call it. Maybe they have a bit more, they have necromancy-type spoke monster abilities to pull together. Yeah. And f- like, and that's where Morak is coming from, and he's reformed. I hope it's explained and not just a yeah. thread left, because, again, you put a cool guy in a mask. Mm. Like, we got a whole film of it for Snake Eyes based on the G.I. Joe character, <laughs> Snake Eyes, because he's a cool yeah. guy in a mask. Wasn't a very good film, ninja. unfortunately. Oh, no, the film it. was terrible, but the character from the 80s survived for 40 years yeah. and yeah. got his own film Absolutely. because he's that cool. Absolutely. Um, I loved it. You, I, I loved Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Oh, right. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll oh. skip back to the yeah. episode we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, the internet built itself up and we keep, we tend to speak of the internet as this ubiquitous thing. Someone came up with a theory on their YouTube channel that this was Ezra Bridger when they saw the first poster or when they saw the first image of this character and it took, it, it just got legs. Um, Dave Filoni has a different story in mind. It's not their yeah. fault that it didn't end off being the character that people wrap themselves up into a frenzy about, right? Um, They're telling a really good story here. I love the idea of another Inquisitor. This is the 15th, if I I have, if I've counted it right, it's about the 15th or 16th Inquisitor that has been taken out and killed by Jedis. (laughs) So they are literally put in this universe to hunt Jedis, and all of them have died Uh in various circumstances, um, I've killed a few in uh, in Jedi Fallen Order. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You have Chris as well. So Cal Kestis uh, has killed his fair share of yes. them. And I think but they I are think constantly if, if, I'm, if I'm right, Darth Vader has the highest kill count of the Inquisitors as well, even though they all worked for him. So, um, <laughs> so they tend to die a lot. So the exactly. fact that Barak, the Inquisitor here, died is not a massive surprise. I like that there's a thread that they can explore in the future about this black smoke, what it could possibly be. Yeah, and um, I mean, but, even yeah. just with the Night Sisters, you know, that, yeah. like you said, I think it just makes perfect sense that, that you know, there is the power of um, Elspeth here, mm-hmm. you know, that, or even uh, Bale and Skull, so yeah. that has somehow corporalized, um, you know, a dust or some kind of magic that is using the force in order to control um Morocco. But yep. ultimately you know, it could be someone in a back to tank somewhere and it's their right. spirit or however they're accessing the force or using witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, the difference here is that black smoke, that dust is different. Yes. And yes. it's Brand new to as at least as far as I can see, yeah. um I'm willing to be correct on it, is, is new, at least for live action, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. There will good be 100% on. something from the expanded universe back in the day, or what they Maybe. call Legends now, mm-hmm. a comic book, or something. Someone's going to say something. Oh, well, they could be, like, we're going to get all of the internet YouTube videos <laughs> in the next 48 hours. All I know is, like, hopefully they explain it as something in this yeah. or in a future series. For yeah, exactly. That's a big one. Absolutely. I like that it sets something up that we could uh, yeah. we could see in the future. Uh, I also love the reaction from Shin when uh, when she loses Morocco because absolutely she didn't believe that they were going to take out Morocco there at all. No. She believed and was confident in his abilities again. She is an apprentice, which means 
traditionally that means she's new to this. So, um, so you would guess that she had much more confidence in his abilities than uh, than Ahsoka's ability to take him out. So I loved her reaction that put her off um, off balance, I guess, uh, in in that fight with uh, with Sabine as well. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Should we move on then? Because there is another major battle. Yes, there directly is directly after this. Yes. So we'll move on to saber point number two, gentlemen. Cut to Ahsoka essentially going to the the the, the map kind of structure, whatever we're going to call it. Where they the put henge. The, the I noticed henge. in the episode they call it a henge, so that is a reference to Stonehenge in the UK. In the UK, okay, cool. um, so I, I love that they did call it out that it is a henge. So um, there's always mystery around Stonehenge, and always people have theories about what it was for. So I love that they've kind of called it in the Star Wars universe. These henges are effectively big map rooms. So if you have the right tools and a bit of magic, you can uh, you can explore the galaxy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it! I was like, I have tools. I don't have the magic. Exactly. Um, exactly. But we we get this next Jedi face off, and we I, I I think Derek, you wrote these notes. Like you get the sense of a proper old school Jedi master versus master like fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree with you there, Chris. So we're saying that now because did you write that, John? I wrote that one. There you <laughs> go. So I agree with you that this is really like yeah. it's all like two samurais facing off, and you have the, you would have the the dust and the leaves flutter down, mm-hmm. and it's two distinct styles. Yeah. Absolutely, I did. I did expect almost like the uh, kind of the excess uh, kind of broadsword version that kind of Kylo Ren had for almost a second. Mm-hmm. or But then I was questioning also why Ahsoka didn't bring out her second lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's then- it. I, it. That sense of it being two Jedi Masters yeah. um, facing off. I, yeah, I know Ahsoka isn't a full Jedi. She didn't go through the examination periods at the mm-hmm. Jedi Academy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get it. But I mean, they're two kind of worldly galactic travel force users if you want force to users and yeah. um, and Massive you really got yeah. that sense and mm-hmm. the more this goes on this show i really 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 like dare i say it, love balan skull absolutely here because the, the such the, an interesting character the yeah. majesty and presence mm-hmm. that he brought as, as well as Rosario Dawson to Ahsoka yeah, in yeah. this face-off felt epic. And yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here. For me, it felt like Vader meeting Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. You know, it was it felt like yeah, Im- no. really meaningful and important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just uh, loved that. And certainly because of what Elspeth says to Balin uh, before she heads off back to back up to the Eye of Sion, which he appears kind of apprehensive and and distracted, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because in a sense he knows what's coming. Yeah, absolutely. This is experience. Yeah, It's not fear, it's experience. It's like the deep breath before, you know, plunging into an icy pool. Mm -hmm. You you have to prepare yourself. It's like he's just uh, preparing himself, but he knows the reputation of Ahsoka so this was really cool and I have to say the lightsaber battles here just did not play out 
to my expectations at all. I thought I was really worried that we were going to lose Balen Skull and Shin Hasey yeah. uh, in w- one of these encounters. Mm. So actually, the fact that they both made it out the other side, I'm really, really like delighted or Absolutely. happy about because the two great characters and I love the master apprentice dynamic that's mm-hmm. been set up so far yeah um you know which is Especially a bit mysterious yeah and it's different than before you know in, in the past we've had um jedi masters and uh, padawans being trained in the force or we've had sith masters training up their apprentices who eventually killed them that's the that's the tradition here we have an unknown we have these gray jedi someone who is formerly a jedi no longer believes in that no longer is is uh, isn't moving towards the Sith side, but has an apprentice who seems to be a bit more down the Sith path. Um, there's a moment here where uh, Shin arrives and tries to strangle and kill um, Sabine Wren, completely against her master's orders. So there's a, a new relationship there, a kind of relationship we haven't yeah. really seen in Star Wars before, which is cool. Um, to answer your question, though, Chris, you asked why uh, Ahsoka was only using one lightsaber. Yeah. So this isn't a, really a fight between the two of them. The battle here is to get the map. Uh, she's keeping one hand free so that she can hopefully grab onto the map using the force. Um, so it feels like the reason why this is a different style of battle and nobody ends off being dead is because it's not Ahsoka's objective to take out Balin Skull. His objective is to protect the map until the uh, coordinates are read and her her objective is yeah. to get the map. So they'll battle through each other to get that objective. So um, That's true. And I, I did like cool. how Balin kind of positioned himself as as much as he could always between mm-hmm. Ahsoka and the yeah. star map. Yeah. Um, and I loved his, the distraction techniques that he was doing at the start by, you know, coming back to Anakin Skywalker, oh, yeah. knowing all yeah. that, trying to sort of... Um, just trying to distract her and put her at uneasy effectively. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of love this. Um, but I still think potentially if the opportunity had arisen, there may have been a death, but I thought there was going to be with, with this. I was like, yeah. Oh no, because of how determined Ahsoka is, I was yeah. like, okay, this is potentially not going to end well. So I'm really glad. Everyone dusted themselves off and came out fine. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, job done. <laughs> apart from Morocco. Well, apart yeah. from Morocco, who yeah. did dust himself off as <laughs> exactly. well, just exactly. a bit differently. I yeah. do. I'll, I'll, I'll say one controversial bit. I hope they do kill Balin by the end of the series. Really? And I'm not usually the one for killing off a character. <laughs> yeah. Murderer. But it's just because the actor himself has passed away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Otherwise, it's a weird. It would be like it would be a bit weird AI or and or kind of I don't yeah. think they'd do that, but then I'd say they just recast. there's a huge amazing character yeah. thing. And then recasting I'm like, oh, I don't know if they'll bring the same level. So again, it's one of those do you know what? I for once I actually hope they kill off one of their amazing villain characters. Right. Well That's, just we'll to get let there you, till the end. Yeah. I mean I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. But interestingly I had a conversation with Derek mm-hmm. before this and I'm actually the opposite. I hope they don't. Um, I know Ray Stevenson won't be there to inhabit the character, but I think the character of Ben Skull is great. And I think what Ray Stevenson has done is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe part of it is tinged with the fact that I know he's, he's passed away. So I, I'm 
looking at it more closely, but I really enjoy this character yeah. and I hope he survives as a, as a character past the end, at least of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if they have to recast that it's, it's, it's also such a great tribute to Ray Stevenson about a new character that he's brought to life for Star Wars mm-hmm. that they keep him keep it going. Maybe so, he has a twin brother called Jake Stevenson. So I think I I think either way I know what you mean. I think mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. But it it is interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, with the situation, what do you do? But I, yeah. I really hope they keep the character because um I thought it was really good. Yeah, such a such a great um, battle between the two of them. Just inhabits that role so well. There's been some great moments, and I think part of the reason why I felt in that fight that he wasn't trying to kill Ahsoka was because of the regret yeah. r- regret that he was talking about when he was being told that he had to take her out. He was kind of going, "Well, there's not that many Jedi left in this in this galaxy, you know." So um, he doesn't really want to kill Ahsoka Tano. Um, but he may be ordered to at some point yeah. uh, in the future. He may have to follow that order in the future. His order here was to protect the map um but ahsoka does get to it and in an interesting little uh, twist <laughs> here she picks up the map and uh it burns her hand and she drops it into the ground uh, i did notice uh it was pointed out actually uh, i did notice that that's uh, could be a reference to it could be a way out of the situation that the crew find themselves in uh at the end of the episode with no map available to them to get them to uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Will the map being burnt into Ahsoka's hand uh, be a way that they can navigate the stars? It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark with the Gestapo fella. Yes, Um, exactly like that. Okay. So it's Lucasfilm. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Uh, Ahsoka is now equated to a Gestapo officer. Well, (laughs) yeah, kind of. No, she's not. I'm joking, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, interesting. Yeah, because he, Balin immediately destroys it once they've gotten the coordinates, uh, for the Eye of Sion to jump to hyperspace. And mm-hmm. um, I have to say that countdown. I loved it. Annoyed me to bits how <laughs> slow it went. I was like going, I because I was just going, Look, I'm just going to say it as it is. I am so glad they made the jump to hyperspace because I was like, I mean, I guess there's no other way it was going to happen. But I was like, stop drawing it out with this slowest of slow. How many Mississippis? Because each Mississippi of the segment didn't correspond to the same amount of Mississippis. I was like, wait, hold on. Does each one like exponentially grow is it like you increase it by five per segment and again i think this is down to the death star in return of the jedi where they have the countdown as Mm -hmm. it's in firing uh distance of uh endor Mm -hmm. because we will get around the moon we'll be passing the moon (laughs) i know exactly and it was just like i was like uh, i mean i remember as a kid watching that and i literally timed it mm-hmm. because it was like yeah so Endor would have been blown up because at the time I didn't understand about dramatic or cinematic at the time mm-hmm. and it was like no okay the Empire should have won here this and is look, ridiculous 40, uh, 45 <laughs> years later and it still annoyed you and uh, the it, timing here it <laughs> happened the same changed, here yeah changed. it was kind of like my 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 own nerd PTSD or something uh, going on about what was going on but it was like 
I was just like, I mean, I loved it and also it infuriated me at the same time. I'm not particularly against slow countdowns <laughs> or yeah. drawn out sort of coordinates being uh, obtained from a, a witch's henge. But it's just like, I was like, oh no, just get the coordinates. <laughs> so we did jump over one part at the end of this, which, so they obviously, Balin destroyed the map. After Sabine gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on this? Mm. I want to... Because, again, the, 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 the title of the episode is Fallen Jedi. And there is many aspects of Ahsoka's a Fallen Jedi. Yeah, she literally it. falls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we literally... Well, that's actually... Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, we also saw the, the death of... Uh, Maroc, who potentially was a Jedi, because yeah. a lot of them came as Padwans for those the Inquisitors. So, mm. Fallen Jedi. We saw the ultimate Fallen Jedi at the end of the episode. We saw Sabine, who's not really a Jedi. Nope. She's not like, she's a Padwan, kind of, but mm-hmm. technically there's no Jedi Order anymore, so is she, is she not? Who knows? But, she falls from what what would be a the thing that your master tells you not to do? Mm. She breaks that promise instantaneously. Also, the first step to let's call it the dark side, or at least the gray side, the Ahsoka side mm. of Jedi, which is you're not supposed to have personal attachments and let them cloud your judgment. Mm-hmm. This is very much Sabine taking that first step going, I'm going to give quote unquote the bad guys the key they need yeah because yeah. i want to see my friend and i'm like it's really like it was a bit for me i'm like cool it's a bit on the nose i was almost expecting like to drop it and then shoot and then get kicked off herself and mm. that's kind of like a bit more mandalorian-esque yeah kind yeah. of it's yeah. also a bit black and white for sabine because sabine is a character um was in the Empire. Um, she did make weapons for the Empire before. Yeah, she flew for uh, the Empire. She flew for the Empire. Um, she's a Mandalorian, so not not technically seen as good or bad characters. Yep. They work for their bounties for the most part. Yep. You know, that's the Mandalorian way. So she is a character that will always have a grey decision. Um, Effectively speaking to a mercenary who deals in bounties and, yep. and, and cash anyway. Exactly. Yep. Um, and also, as you mentioned earlier on, it's set up from the beginning it was Ahsoka's pl- plan to take out the Eye of Sion, the the, um, the hyperspace ring. Yep. It was not Sabine's, and Sabine quite clearly went, hang on a second, that means we're cutting off our way to get to Ezra. So by Balin reading her mind, reading her thoughts, he's able to sense how to get to her and how to manipulate her into giving him the map. Exactly. He, he says, I can see from you that Ezra is your family, not just a friend, not just somebody else. This is the most important person in your life, and you know this is the only way to get to him. If you destroy it, if you get rid of it, you have no way to get to Ezra. So he has manipulated her to that. So I can see her decision being the right decision for Sabine. Yeah, her intention is about getting Ezra back Mm -hmm. and finding Ezra, and not to just hand over the star map to, you know, quote-unquote, the bad guys Mm -hmm. here, Um, which I think Balin is much more nuanced here just purely because he is a grey Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to sort of the classic Greeks of you started a war over Helen of Troy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, this is 
she is prepared to start a war in order to find Ezra Bridger yeah. Uh, yeah. because that's exactly what Ahsoka warned her against. You know, yeah. is 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 it worth that? And she's saying in this moment, well, it is, and um, because this is my friend. Yeah. I think and it's actually a great point that you bring up there because just remember the scenes we saw with Hera last week uh, dealing with the New Republic leaders where they're going anything to not have a new war, and Hera's kind of going, "I've fought wars before. I can do it again if if yeah. I if it comes yeah. to it." Sabine is kind of that way as well. She grew up in war. She she formed her family within that original war against the Empire. That's how she formed this group of the family around her, like uh, like Ezra, like uh, like Ahsoka. Um, so it's an interesting character to have in this yeah. in this and position. As yeah. Hera says, aboard the the lead frigate of the New Republic forces, you mm-hmm. know, once a rebel, always a rebel. You and, you know, do you ever lose it? So yep. there's that element to Sabine of going against authority. And in this case, it, it's Ahsoka, like you say. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, but I, I think the other side of it is it's it's just really intriguing. It's great for the show because all of a sudden you've got a character that you're immediately saying is good doing something that is a bit blurred really a yeah. bit it's in the gray it's it's in the blurred margins there you go. and and that is really fantastic for me because mm-hmm. it makes it intriguing now because i'm suddenly going so when ahsoka finds out about this how's this all going to play out or fall out mm-hmm. um you know or just even when she was brought onto the ship you know how is it going to play out with with Balin's skull uh as well so Again, it's like to Balin, you know, silver-tongued or fork-tongued here in mm. what he says because he talks about his motives and we've had a bit about that, you know, about, well, it's power uh, and all of this. And he, he, you know, sort of references this again as he's trying to persuade Sabine to hand it over. But again, you just don't really know. It's still a bit murky mm-hmm. with... um with Balin's skull and As that's should be. Yeah. what I really think is great so far in this series yeah. is that it's not playing to type I guess you guys have turned me on this so mm-hmm. and I think partially and I'll just the only thing I'll say is it's probably you're pulling on a connection and an understanding of the Sabine character maybe yeah. from Rebels yeah and as someone who has had very limited interactions with that character by Rebels, mm-hmm. I'm like, that character motivation for me is just tenuous right now. Yeah. I'm hoping they'll just kind of flesh it out slightly a bit more. Absolutely. But everything you're talking about makes sense to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, now this is a story I'm getting deep behind. Yeah. Yeah. Through, it's the usual thing. We talk about these things. And I'm like, oh, my God, this makes so much more sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's the fun, of, the fun of podcasting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the show itself. Now, I'll offer a little criticism of Ahsoka. The show itself shouldn't be asking you to have to know all of Rebels to understand this. So I do hope by the end of the series, everybody watching the show and only the show gets to like Sabine in the way that a Rebels fan likes Sabine, because yeah. that this is part of her character. This is that formed family that she got in there can't be just a line of dialogue to say they're my family and that's it no, I agree. it did take four seasons to build it up when you watched an uh, animated show but i hope they're able to do some more development on these characters Agreed. in yeah. the episodes that we're seeing each week here i mean but also equally in rebels it actually at least for me personally it took a while to get 
yeah. to S- Sabine's character anyway yeah. to Without like kind of go, yeah, I like her as one of these rebels, yeah. you know. And yeah. um, so, because if this was if this was Sabine from season one of Rebels. Ahsoka's entire ship while they were while it was being fixed up would have just been covered in graffiti tags because that was basically all the character that we knew in season yeah. one of, of Rebels. It yeah. was she got grabbed the paint cans and painted everything. That's kind of it. But over time the character developed in the way it did. So yeah. I hope they're able to do some actual character development and show this character on screen uh, rather than people having to uh, look up the Wikipedia to find out what she's like or having to go back and watch the animated show. I, I think the criticism is very fair. I think there's four episodes left. I'm going to say that in Filoni, I do trust quite yeah. a lot. And I trust in this universe they are building, especially the the, the heir to the Empire kind of storyline that they are building. Mm-hmm. And I trust John Favreau in terms of what they've done with this era of TV shows. So personally, I'm like, I'm, I'm, they may not fully flesh it out, and I think it's as long as they do it enough that I find enjoyment and understanding, mm-hmm. and then you get way more based on your love and understanding <laughs> of that character from the Rebels, Excellent. then I think they've done what they needed to do. Yeah, but I yeah hope they absolutely. Get or more. Uh, but also, just to counter Derek's point, because you said it in the first episode, mm-hmm. there is four seasons of Rebels and, what, seven seasons of Clone Wars as yeah. well, in which this you know, various characters ha- op- that are appearing here yeah. have been fleshed out. So there is the a backstory history there. that you can go and watch. Yes, yes there yes, is a absolutely. history there. Yeah. It isn't just being flung in there. It it's it's coming from a place. And okay, there needs to be some explanation, but you can't suddenly revisit all the episodes of Rebels. Yeah. In order to get Sabine. Plus, yeah. Sabine as a character is, you know, however many years older mm-hmm. and has changed, like Ahsoka yeah. has. So it, it's a balance, I reckon. I agree. The one thing I actually would like, and I think this is something I, I've seen, and that Marvel do well. Marvel, MCU do well. Mm-hmm. They do the legend snippets. Yeah. Seven to eight minute shows on Disney Plus or on YouTube, pulled together before a major film or TV show where they've kind of pulled together the history of that character from live action mm-hmm. and they kind of just go, here's all the things you need to know yeah. before the thing. That would actually be cool going into some, maybe into whatever Dave Filoni's film is, ends up being. It's like, mm-hmm. here's here's everything you need to know about Ahsoka from start to finish in the last while. Yeah. Here's everything you need to know about Sabine if Sabine makes it there. Like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's <laughs> Don't Thrawn. say she's not going to make it. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Master versus Pad 1. It's happened before. Who mm-hmm, knows? We're mm-hmm. probably going to get a fight off. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, the new trailer for the Marvels does the same thing for Marvel. It's actually taking all the stuff from WandaVision, from uh, Miss Marvel TV show and Captain Marvel, pulling them all together because in case you haven't seen one of the three things you need to see to see this movie, here's the little bits you need to yeah. know going into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I can, I can absolutely see doing it and i know they've they have put together the list of essential episodes of rebels and clone wars that you need to watch to understand ahsoka's character so they may do the same with sabine hopefully that was uh, still like 20 30 episodes it still was, was like, yeah. each one's half hour i'm like i'm a dad now i ain't got time for that I love give it. me I love a, it. give me a 15 minute youtube explainer I, I i've got that down maybe 20 minutes out of max on disney plus one night when he's asleep fine but, I love it. Yeah, I love it. One more thing that needs some explanation. Maybe we'll put it into the final, uh, our, our final saber point. Yes. 
gentlemen, let's enter hyperspace. But before that, also, we entered... Oh! Yeah. <laughs> well, I do know. We discussed it in our last episode. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, cool. So, so Gentlemen, yes. go crazy, please. <laughs> We're not going to go too crazy. There's not a huge amount of information about this. We know what it is because we've seen it before in, in the animated series Rebels. Uh, I have entitled this uh, this point as Ahsoka gets kicked back into the world between worlds because um, that's effectively what happens. She gets kicked off the edge of the henge and the next time we see her she's in this place that we know from the animated shows is the world between worlds a place that sits outside of time and space and the galaxy that we know and love in star wars and we saw in uh, as i say in the uh, in the animated shows but we don't know a huge amount about it we know that within it if you can navigate through it you can get to places in time um yeah. you may be guided there by uh, spiritual guidance might bring you to a certain point in time or a certain point in space, but there's not, it's not been fleshed out a huge amount and it was a creation of Dave Filoni. So we did expect we would have some visibility of it here. Well, uh, that's it. And it, we also sort of, we mentioned it in uh, our last episode mm-hmm. because of Elspeth hearing Thrawn's voice as well mm-hmm. across time and space and whether it was taking that shortcut through uh, the world between worlds mm. because he has Ezra who was the person who could access it yes. uh, in in Rebels. Uh, and that's why I talked about the owl because <laughs> of his affinity <laughs> his well his kind of affinity um and I like you were saying Chris about you know his particular Force power could be really strong with animals. You know, you yeah. have the wolves, the lothcats, mm-hmm. uh, and this owl in the world between worlds. So, no owl, but Ahsoka has also been in the world uh, between worlds before as well. She's been pulled from uh, the yeah, world between worlds. She's been pulled yes. through into it uh, by by Ezra. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why she's able to access it uh, in this moment. Mm. Um, so. To, but here, s- to save herself effectively from falling into the uh, the water after being knocked off the the edge of uh, the cliff by Valen. Yeah, because we're going to have to say maybe a loss. Yes. Because uh, we don't know. We don't no, know we how don't know. she could have ended in the world between worlds. We're not 100% sure if this is something that happens after a Jedi dies. They go to the world between worlds. So maybe Ahsoka has died and she's in the place where they learn their power of being a force ghost and coming back. Maybe it's something like yeah, that. Just don't know. Uh, we don't know, but probably the bigger moment in here is that she meets up with Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker. Her former master is standing there waiting for a massive moment. And almost in the flesh by the looks, like not a force ghost, no, mm-hmm. no blue hue. Yeah, this was the true. bit that really, I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, give me more now because I'm like, okay, force ghost, We've seen them completely understood. No way it is. Flashbacks. Yeah. Seen that. Yeah. Understood. Something new. Something new. Uh-huh. To the point where I'm like, oh, how, how are you going to... This is like, you, you've just angered a whole nerd generation. Have you? Well, no, no, you haven't angered them anybody, You've Chris. introduced a new concept <laughs> in I'm the joking. last... Yeah. Yes. Like literally fifteen seconds of a show, yeah. I know. of which there is a next episode. It's not like <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. So 
if people are angered by that, then maybe just get off the show because it's like, <laughs> it, no, it makes no sense. Otherwise, yeah. they must have been really angry when they did the original Force Ghost. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I mean, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's not. A- I just thought this was so interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, this is one where I'm like, okay, are they, like, next episode, we start getting life and death, heaven and hell of the, the Force users and get an understanding of what that means and where they go when they die. Or is this, she is slowly drowning and her force spirit has gone to the world between worlds. Like, there's so many cool things that they can do here. Yeah. I'm like, cool. I want to know what's happening because if it was just the blue, if it was just a blue force ghost, I was like, cool. Okay. Like, she's having a, she's seeing the vision of them. That's cool. The fact that he wasn't blue makes it the appetite and kind of just makes me yeah. go salivate at, oh, mm. now I want to know more. But, that, but that's it. I mean, even like to, to me, it's just this space is familiar, you know? Yeah. I think that's and all I can amazing. really say. So it's it, it's not a shock. I'm just really pleased they've introduced it because mm-hmm. it is a, you know, both a physical and a spiritual element of the force Absolutely. and introduced in rebels. Mm-hmm. So yes, it could be like you said, is, is this the place where Jedi ghosts, you know, once they've died, that this is the space where they go and can project into reality mm-hmm. because we have seen Ezra as an undead person interacting with this space yep we've seen ezra as a corporate corporeal person alive interacting in this space bringing someone else through a doorway into this space in ahsoka so it's not just about the force ghosts or whether you died and then you have it being dimensionless effectively. Yeah. So but- there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> even if you've watched Rebels, you have no idea Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. But I will say it, it It seems like Ahsoka is in this place, not a projected version of Ahsoka is visiting no. this place. Yeah. Um, but likely on the other side, that's not true. Likely Anakin is not truly in this place. He's... He's being seen in this place by Ahsoka. Ahsoka yeah. So I hope that gets explained. It will get explained, I'm sure, next week. It has to be uh, as to as to what this is. Um, but yeah, very excited to see it. Um, probably very tough for people who uh, have never seen it before, seeing it in the last two minutes with no explanation of what's, of what's going on. It won't be tough. It's excitement. But, and yeah, it's like, excitement. Right, yes, next absolutely. week. Let's get to next week. I agree. I agree. We're four episodes into the show, and uh, I love uh, I love how glass half empty you were, Chris, and the we only have four episodes left. We've had four episodes so far. We're, we're, we are a glass half full podcast, so uh, we still have Sorry. the same the yeah. same amount of time left uh, in the show as has gone by. So this is our big moment, fourth episode in, yeah. the big cliffhanger that we've got Anakin Skywalker here with Ahsoka. So we have Ahsoka going into and entering into a world between worlds, but we also have the Eye of Sion mm-hmm. entering into hyperspace yes, we here do. as well, um, which is cool. As I said earlier, I'm just so glad they made that jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Grand Admiral Thrawn, start strutting your stuff because you'll be goose-stepping away, I guess, <laughs> on... Some planet or something on the way to Peridia 
somewhere. So yeah. can't wait for that at some future point. Yeah. I do love that this was a ring because mm. as we've seen in The Last Jedi, that wasn't a ring. Yeah. Oh boy. Pancake Hera, if mm-hmm. you will. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, Hera and the ghost, her ship, do manage to survive. And I, I do think I was there going, I can't believe she's taking Jason, her son, on a dangerous mission. <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, but they're also on a, a, a military spaceship, <laughs> which is also yes. potential for attack. So. He lives. He lives on the biggest target uh, yeah. in Home One. He so, lives on that. He lives on that ship. Yeah. So yeah, so taking him off with his mom. Not unusual, yeah, but I'm glad she took Jason and Chopper along to uh-huh. the to Cetos. Uh, that was pretty cool. Absolutely. This was fun for me. I, yeah. I know you guys had literally said to me that you can't wait to see the live action v- version of the ghost. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. cool. This is, I, I, like, it looked the same way I had seen it in the animation. It, it looked great. I had to check it three times to make sure it wasn't the phantom that, uh, that we saw Hera uh, flying last time. And then I was like, no, no, this is massive. And then it gets to the front of the ship just before they go into hyperspace. Yeah. I, after leaving home one, I'm going, oh, no, that looks exactly like the ghost. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. And they are joined by a squadron of X-Men. They certainly but are. Missing one X Wing. Yes. yes. Including including one. Let's make sure we call it Captain Tiva, who we saw in the in the Mandalorian. Um yes. so him and his squadron uh, are here. Um yep. to of course join um Hera in the in this mission. But um yeah, there is one member of uh, of the crew of uh, of the ghost that's that is still um somewhere else in the galaxy. Yes. Not here. Yes. Zeb. I, yes. Zeb, like who we just saw in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. with his other captain there uh, with all these X-Men pilots. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and we had just talked about literally in our last episode, he was going to come in with <laughs> Hera to save the day. And well, uh, that was a piece of feedback from, uh, from Russell Hooper last week. Uh, that was his, his uh, recommendation yes. of what he thought was going to happen. So uh, yes, so we're have to give credit Russell. to Russell. There have to go. give credit <laughs> to Russell. Uh, he was open for this and yeah. he got to see it. So yeah. So I just think it was just an interesting choice not mm-hmm. to have him there. I, I suppose they'll have him and he'll be in the next episode or one of the following and like it will get introduced. Yes, I think I think he needs an intro as well. I think the fact that he was a very small throwaway Easter egg in Mandalorian isn't enough to have him just yeah. walk in here and join uh, Hera. So the fact that they've kept him off screen for a while, hopefully that gives Zeb a big intro because uh, I'm I, I really want to give him his moment to shine as well. Well, given the state of uh, the ghost and the remaining X-Wings mm-hmm. uh, after they were in the flight path of this hyper jump by yep. the Eye of Sign, then they look like they're, they're pretty sort of dead in space mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he is part of the relief that comes to, to help out. Could be that. And um, so hopefully still a chance there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Call a friend, yeah. Yeah, no. The the question as well, then, it's just, it's, this is, the, the glass half full, I was like, yeah, no, cool, we'll definitely hopefully see him next episode. Glass half empty is, he's a lot of CGI to have another four episodes. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they may, they may not, but. They've already crossed. done the CGI test in, uh, in Mandalorian, yes. at least. <laughs> So I'd look, I, I think it'd be interesting to see how they, it's not how they get out of this, because we know there's also 
Ahsoka's ship is down on the planet mm-hmm. and Ryan yeah. can literally fly up and grab and help fix the ghost with them. And there's yeah. definitely it's not a perilous they're slowly careening into the atmosphere type yes. thing. Yeah. Um but it does set up a good halfway point kind of in this episode. For the season as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, good a good halfway point. And we also get a very famous line from our newly introduced yes. uh, famous character, uh, Jason, the son of Hera, who gets the I have a bad feeling um, <laughs> line, uh, one that we've heard in all Star Wars movies. So uh, so great to give it to Jason, isn't it? I'm assuming this is he's force sensitive. This yeah, is kind, kind of. of but it's the, kind the, of hinting at that. In fairness, the first person that said it, I think, is Han Solo. He was the I have a bad feeling about this was the first time it was said, oh, um, okay. as far as I remember. So it's not it's not nece- necessarily uh, it? talking about um, force sensitivity. We definitely had Han Solo say it at least once, and he's not force sensitive. So well, I'm trying. Uh, to, I'm yeah. suddenly now thinking it was Indiana Jones, but I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly was it? It was definitely as they were coming up to the Death Star mm-hmm. in Star Wars, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pro- yeah. So either Han Solo or Alec Guinness, I can't quite remember now. Right. I know Han Solo say, says it at least once. Yes. That's, that's what, so it's not necessarily saying he's Force Sensitive, but it absolutely could be indicating that he is Force Sensitive. He's already asked to become a Jedi like his father before him. Uh, so so we could we could be seeing that in the future, but at least we have that moment with Jason. I do also like that he gets to uh, gets to fly the ghost as well. Yeah, hit, hit, the, yeah. Yeah. hit the jump to the Denab system. That Very was cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah, and you know Chopper's behind just going, yeah. <laughs> just like, why <laughs> can't I do it? I used to do that. Why? Like, what the little green dude? Come on. But it's weird because my dad always allowed me to change the gears on the car Very as good. we were going <laughs> along the road. See? And that's how the gearbox got probably four times. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but Six nonetheless, ago, what the hell? I could empathize with that moment. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, anything else about the jump into hyperspace or the moments in the world between worlds? No, nothing, nothing from me. Good stuff. Well, I think that's the episode uh, in total. Yep. Um, since we went into crazy fan theories last week about who Maroc is, do you want to hear the new fan theory? Because we're going to have to talk about it. The new yeah. fan theory that we didn't talk about last week. It's not new. It was around last week. Um, but we've covered two seasons of The Bad Batch. Guess what the internet rumor about who Shin, ha- Shin Hatai is? The YouTube rumor that's out there is, with, could this possibly be a grown-up Amiga? No. Exactly. Age does not work. Yeah. It's because like, she has a blonde bob like we saw yeah, uh, Omega. On, on Omega in the second season of The Bad Batch. But I wanted to make sure I said it out loud uh, on our podcast okay. because we have podcasts yes. about both fair, seasons of The Bad fair. Batch and also because Chris said, in order to watch the show, you have to watch all the seasons of, of Clone Wars, all the seasons of Rebels. And now, apparently, you might also have to watch all the seasons of The Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, that's one. They, they, they've it's set ridiculous. It up as a, they said it like the character motivation alone would just be so dramatically different you can't do that do you know how they've explained it yeah explained that what if she lost all of the bad batch and that has turned her to the dark side nope there you go that that is that is a rumor i don't believe it at all but wanted to make sure we all also uh, talked about it (laughs) technically hazy is a gray jedi so well yeah because i presume they're saying that um as a clone um omega won't have gone through the full Jedi training and will not have 
have not completed it if she is force sensitive, which we also haven't seen in Bad Batch. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We actually <laughs> haven't seen Omega have force sensitivity in yeah. Bad Batch. Yeah, because that it's was been alluded to. We've yeah, no, it has. It's mostly yeah, by me. But yeah. Chris alluded to exactly. him wanting to be, yeah, <laughs> wanting exactly. to be true. Yes, I uh, I'm building. I love the idea. There you go. I love you, Internet. Don't ever change. Yeah. Don't think that's a that's. I don't think that's one that will. That will stick. But that is a I, non-viable I theory, uh, yes. according to TV podcast industries. Yes. So, gentlemen, with all those notes and that crazy theory done, <laughs> come on, usually those crazy theories come from me. Let's get on to our final thoughts for this episode. Mr. Harrison, take it away. What do you, what are your final thoughts on episode four of Ahsoka, Fallen Jedi? Well, I absolutely loved this episode mm-hmm. of Ahsoka. I'd give it five way of worldly owls out of five. <laughs> um, I just, I, I just adored it. I thought it, the action was fantastic. I loved the moments between characters, such as with Huyang, you know, telling them to stick together, and then they just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the lightsaber battles were great, and I was just on the edge of my seats thinking, "Who's going to die?" Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, Haiti and Balin because. They're not going to kill off Ahsoka and Sabine. Sabine's already been uh, sort of jabbed with the lightsaber already. So yeah. I was kind of like going, uh-oh, this doesn't look good. So it didn't play out as I expected. So I was just like, oh, wow, there was this euphoric moment <laughs> with that. Uh, euphoric moment with the fact that they didn't stop the Eye of Sign jumping into hyperspace. I mean, it really makes me sound like I'm a bad guy here. Mm-hmm. Because as well, <laughs> what I'm going to say next is... Balin's skull just becomes lovelier and lovelier um, <laughs> throughout this this series. I just absolutely am taken with this character mm-hmm. of what he's bringing with his apprentice Shin Haiti, who I really enjoy, and the interaction of Balin and Ahsoka in mm-hmm. this episode to me was just like cherry on top, chef's kiss, um, you know, winning the lotto. It just felt really epic and meaningful and powerful and I just absolutely loved it and if that wasn't enough we got what uh, we were talking about last week which was the world between worlds mm-hmm. um, which was I was so happy uh, that they brought this because I love how um, Dave Filoni brings the force mysticism to his mm-hmm. shows and I mean even to what you said Chris about Morocco you know, the dust, um, something different from what I've seen or heard of before, you know, and whether it's linked to the witchcraft of the Night Sisters and uh, Morgan Elspeth. Mm-hmm. So really, really enjoyed this episode. Uh, five way of worldly owls out of five for me. Christoph, what are your final thoughts for Ahsoka episode four, Fallen Jedi? Loved it. Did really enjoy it. Um, I questioned motivations here and there, initially on the first watch, second watch. Um, and then again, just having this discussion with you guys again, kind of just understanding some of that history of Sabine and her motivations, open it up a bit more for me. Um, very interested to see where they take this. And I will kind of reserve judgment at the end of, well, they should have pulled X thread more, kind of, mm-hmm. or explained a bit more in this. Um, just because it is, it's unlike, it's not like the Mandalorian or Boba Fett where they're kind of just everyone's at square one 
for mm-hmm. example, this is a lot of people, or so, some people, some uh, a large proportion, because we know Rebels was watched by a, lo- a large population, mm-hmm. uh, it have seen and these characters and understand their motivations and the, 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 what drives them. Some of us haven't. So again, it's just that kind of like, oh, wait, hold on, huh? Um, but love dusting. Like, Morocco is like a candle in the wind, just literally <laughs> whispers of smoke. Um, or JJ Abrams is getting ready to sue Lucas. Either way. Um, hey, since he did two Star Wars movies, he can't be holding anything against them, right? No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but overall, they're holding really, something against him, uh, given yeah. the quality of those movies. But hey. We're leaving that that there. Overall, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the the next four episodes. Derek, what about yourself? What are your final thoughts on episode four of Ahsoka? I absolutely love this. Um, Chris, you mentioned earlier on some of the influences of Japanese cinema on uh, on Ahsoka Mm. and on the battles that are in here. That is so much more my style um, than westerns. I hate westerns, and that was the majority of Mandalorian being based on. Uh, the man with no name walking into a town. Love the Mandalorian; it's a great show. But this is so much more my style. I'm really, really enjoying the influences that are taking into the show. We've seen something brand new here, as you guys mentioned with Morocco. We've also seen brand new to live action, the world between worlds. And next week, we're going to see a brand new galaxy in Star Wars. Something else brand new <laughs> to this world. People have asked Star Wars to break away from the Skywalker saga over and over again, and here we are. Dave Filoni's actually delivering on it. And in a really good way. Uh, episode was great to watch. John, you mentioned some great points. And Chris, you mentioned some great points about this episode as well. So not going to repeat those. But uh, some this was awesome. Absolutely loved uh, this episode and where it's taking us. We're at that halfway point in the series. We're now jumping into a new galaxy. What a perfect, uh, perfect way to end it. And then the return of Anakin Skywalker in this show with his most famous Padawan. So very cool. Yeah, maybe it could twist into a Futurama-esque type of thing where this everyone gets pulled from this galaxy into the new one. <laughs> that really would uh, change things up. It would leave behind the Skywalker saga, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, I just said that, and Anakin Skywalker has just been introduced. I just said they're leaving the Skywalker saga behind. Uh, but Anakin Skywalker is there to say goodbye to the Skywalker yeah, exactly. saga. Yeah, he's, sure. he's waving them off. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. So, gentlemen... I think it is, we are having a heat wave in Ireland and the UK mm-hmm. at the moment. So let's head on over to the cantina to wet our whistle on some blue milk, green milk. Shall we head on to the pub quiz? John, do you want to take us away with your question for episode four of Ahsoka? Yes, fellow quizzers, fellow rebels. It is the cantina pub quiz. Um, and here is question four for episode four. How many X-Wing fighters accompany Hera's ship, the Ghost, to the Denab system? See, Chris, you did oversell it earlier. Really well. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> it should be relatively easy. It's a simple addition. Yeah, or a simple exercising <laughs> Subtract- painting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or a subtraction. Well, no, it's how many accompany Hera's ship, not how many are left at the end of the episode. Because <laughs> that would be subtraction. That's <laughs> true. And now people see why I'm not good at maths. <laughs> I talk for a living, not add numbers. Good stuff. John, do you want to give the question one more time? Certainly. How many X-Wing fighters accompany Hera's ship, the Ghost, to the Denab system. Good stuff. That's four questions out of eight. Put the answers together. Email us at the end of the season with all the correct answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in with a chance of winning some Star Wars Ahsoka goodies. 
Yes, so gentlemen, let's head on over now to the feedback section of this episode. Don't forget, if you want to get your emails and thoughts read, you can send them on over to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries where we have a spoiler post for each and every episode. Throw your comments in there along with all the other fellow rebels and other industrialist members and we will read them out on each and every episode first up we have an email from the one and only coffee and vodka who had this to say greetings fellow doubling down defenders that's it i'm cancelling my padawan order and quitting the jedi order can you recall a padawan master situation in star wars history that went completely hunky-dory I cannot understand why this and last episode weren't condensed into one solid action-packed hour. Anyway, if you like lightsaber fights and flat-footed good guys, this installment rates high. And it was good to see Hera enter the fray, no matter how frailless it turned out to be so far. Knowing little to nothing about Timeline, was Vader dead at the time of happening of the series? Whatever the case, I guess this is the Anakin Ahsoka would have recognised rather than his more iconic appearance. As for the fight that sent her there, awesome! Ray was not just there to be wise eye candy. <laughs> all in all, the events were affecting the special effects. Great! And the hopeless hero situation fully laid out. As for the identity of the person in black, never mind. Can't wait to see the Grand Admiral and all his blueness. 3.5 countless can I count on yous. Bring your son to work days. <laughs> and villains far, far away out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Fantastic. Bring, Excellent. Bring your son stuff, to work today. Absolutely. And villains far, far away. Like that. Excellent stuff. Coffee and vodka. Um, and, you know, I, I completely sympathetic to your idea that these should have been mashed together Mm -hmm. Uh, that would have been probably one of the most phenomenal pieces (laughs) of star wars tv ever yeah yeah Um, i think they they get their budget split by episode like most tv shows do even though uh they have their series budget but uh so they're they're going right we'll spend 200 million on episode four and 200 million on episode (laughs) on episode three but if you go into the budget manager and go we're going to spend 400 million on episode three they go go back and rethink lads um so so that's probably why um but the good news is it is now it's available right now to watch back to back uh episode three and four all, all squished that together. True. Yeah. There you go. Cool, huh? You only have to wait a week. <laughs> you usually have to wait, like, wait a couple of years days between so them. so long. <laughs> but uh, you, you do mention there, uh, Coffee and Vodka, that uh, you're you're not a, fully aware of the timeline, I suppose, or not fully cognizant of what's, what exactly is happening in the timeline. Right now, we're about five years after the end of Return of the Jedi, so that's when Darth Vader died and the Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker came along. But um, this version of Anakin Skywalker that she sees is the one from Clone Wars. So that's about 30 years ago, 25 or 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. About that. So, yeah. So she's seeing him as she would have seen him uh, the last time he was alive before he became Vader. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Thanks so much, coffee and vodka. 
Thanks, Coffee Vodka. Over on Facebook, Russell Hooper says, well, so much for Morocco being Starkiller or Ezra. I think the Inquisitors need to have a meeting. If you face Ahsoka with a stupid spinning lightsaber, you are gonna die. <laughs> Another too short episode. Once you take out the recap and the credits, it's only about 30 minutes. Okay, I'll beat that dead bantha some other time. Uh, Ahsoka in the world between worlds with Vader music playing as the episode ends, according to the close cap- captioning, and with that Clone Wars era smirk. What's that mean, I wonder? Glad to see Hera took my advice from last week, but where where is Zeb? I'm thinking Jason is going to somehow repair the map. But even if he does, how will the ghost crew follow? Interesting. I wonder what Jason repair mm. the map. I'm thinking it's that it's that imprint that's left on uh, Ahsoka's hand that's going to um, lead us yeah, it could to be. the next yeah. galaxy. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Ross. I'm glad about your suggestion from last week playing out so quickly as well. Absolutely. All the ghost crew, apart from Zeb, back together. Yeah, exactly. Although I'm just now wondering, given what they had to do to get the coordinates, how is a handprint of it going to going to be? They add a bit of fire. Uh, they like <laughs> shine the light. A hand. She might. Yeah, they basically cut it off. Like like so many it. members of the uh, of the Star Wars uh, elite uh, yes. and her master before her. Oh my goodness. That'd be crazy. There you go. Yeah. He lost more than a hand. <laughs> he lost an arm, a leg. He did. He did. Ability Good to breathe on a respirator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then lost his hand yeah. again. Yeah, it's true. The That's it. Yeah. Good but he stuff. didn't have the high ground, so it's fine. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff, Russell. Uh, moving on to our other bit of feedback from the newly titled Darth Von Doom, which, of course, Victor I... was more than happy to... Uh, retitle yeah. himself uh, for the Star Wars podcast. Love so, it. yeah, great stuff, uh, Victor. Or should I say Darth Von mm-hmm. Doom? <laughs> yes, well done, Darth. It's so much more in theme with her. You should just change it each theme. It's the same. Like, we do our industrialists, our rebels. Victor uh-huh. Von Doom, you have been given... Now, a challenge. Each and every series that you write feedback on, make sure there's a themed Von Doom. <laughs> so, I should die Von Doom when we get over to, uh, over to, uh, <laughs> to Wheel of Time. Time. Or, or the, the Dragon Reborn Von Doom. <laughs> or Grand Von Doom. Maybe, mm, maybe. There you go, there you go. Good stuff, excellent. Well, Darth Von Doom says, greetings, new Republicans. Well, that settles the Morocco identity debate. <laughs> Ahsoka and Sabine should have followed Huang's advice and stayed together. Mm-hmm. I'm happy the ghost survived. Who or what pulled Ahsoka once again into the world between worlds? Nice to see Anakin, but will she have some decisions to ponder? Vader theme is ominous. Mm. Still hoping for a Zeb appearance? The Force is strong in you, Darth Von Doom. Uh, Great stuff, Darth, or should I say Victor, uh, for um, the feedback. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm happy the ghost survived, actually, as well. Um, And I must say, I didn't catch, and that's you're the second person now after Russell to say about the Vader theme. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, I didn't catch that either. Oh, I caught it. Definitely caught it. I, no, I, I just, it. I just didn't, I didn't connect it that it had an intention that Anakin's going to be a bad guy, uh, immediately when he meets with, uh, with Ahsoka. In fact, I hope they have a little reuniting moment because in Clone Wars and in Rebels, we've actually seen the battle between the two of them. So we've seen them, uh, resolve the situation in a, in a, a lightsaber battle. I hope we have 
a moment of um, the two characters meeting Ahsoka and, and Anakin uh, after everything they'd gone through. So I think that would be kind of cool to have a, a dialogue between the two characters. Yeah. Look at me, the action fan, looking for dialogue between two characters. I know. <laughs> uh, and the screams of Star Wars fans across the world hoping for another live action uh, lightsaber <laughs> battle between the two of them. Are you uh, trying uh, to get them to have tea and crumpets in the world <laughs> between worlds. Absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Darth Vandu. Yes, thank you so much, Darth Van Doom. Next up, we have Dr. Bob Phillips, who had this to say. Snappy, like the trees and torsos <laughs> of the Cetos forest, and saber-packed to the top. I did get flashbacks to trying to beat a six-year-old at Fruit Ninja on the DS during the Balin fight, though. <laughs> Enjoyed the Mando versus Jedi element being stronger in this one, and while Ren may not have force, she was certainly forceful with those wrist rockets. Mm-hmm. When the flashbang went off and Shin vanished, I did think, how come Sabine hasn't got them? As I think her cartoon creation was very explosive. She was. Not being immersed in the lore, I am wondering if Ahsoka has been spirited away by the dead Anakin Vader, or is she in Jedi Purgatory, or another variant? Can't wait to find out, though. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Variants are more of a Marvel thing. She's not in a multiverse, so that could be, you know, you literally she's going to peer through a portal and then you're going to see Captain America. <laughs> Don't know why. Just Captain America's just going to be there, you know? Yep. Kira Evans just walking by in a Jedi robe in blue <laughs> with a shield. It'd be fine. That'd be cool. I'd be up for that. I do, uh, I do like, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, snappy like the trees of the Seasauce forest okay. because I, I just was like, ever since the sequel trilogy, yeah, the trees have gotten a, a, an absolute beating uh, from uh, the them. battles. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think even Ahsoka's appearance in um, in Mandalorian didn't she come out of the forest and cut down trees to block her way and to hide <laughs> her route as well? So, uh, yeah, definitely historic in the, in Star Wars now um, that you have to cut down a few trees if you have a lightsaber battle definitely. nearby. And it was cool looking at this as well. Really enjoyed it. Great stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yes, thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. That's all the time for feedback we have in this episode. If you've sent in more feedback for this one, don't worry, we will get to it on episode five. As always, fear not, my fellow Jedi and Sith and everything else in between. It is time we act like Ahsoka and fall off the edge of a cliff into (laughs) the great unknown. Until next episode, next Mm -hmm. week, we will be back for episode five of Ahsoka. And we are also covering The Wheel of Time, season Do, Do, Duesque, number two. For those who don't speak French or really bad French, depending on. (laughs) (laughs) French? I don't know what it is. Part Do, there you go. Wheel of Time, part Do. It's the Charlie Sheen version, like Hot Shots. Um. Yes, we are covering the Wheel of Time season two. We just last week launched our first three episodes that dropped on Prime Video. And this week we are talking about episode four of the Wheel of Time season two. With all that being said and done, I mm-hmm. believe it is time we are spirited away like Sabine Wren into the galaxy far, far away known as Nighttime and Derek editing. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're enjoying the magic and the world between worlds in Ahsoka, come on over and check out Wheel of Time. There's lots of magic over there, Absolutely. and lots of uh, yeah. lots of different worlds between worlds, and traveling between uh, different places, and lots of intrigue and uh, and fun. Yeah, well, looking that's forward it. to to covering more of. Uh, and I'm going to be spirited off to the world between gin and tonic. Excellent. <laughs> in a moment. Excellent. Ice. So a lemon ice. or an ice cube? <laughs> yeah, That's ice is fun. <laughs> those two but then it merges with them. Don't have the enough end. time. Got to get to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow Rebels, for joining us. Remember, in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep rebelling. And may the Force be with you. Bye. Bye.